0: The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Acts 2 verse 22. Peter said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. We God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. He's been delivered by the determined purpose and following of God you've taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death whom God raised up, having lose the pace of death because it was not possible that it should be heard by it. Christ and him crucified. In Acts 17 verse 3, the Bible speaks of Paul that he went into the synagogue explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer And rising from the dead saying, this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. That was their focus. Acts 5, 29 to 31. It says, but Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Next. It says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Whenever they preached, they talked about Jesus. In Acts 18, 4-5, you see Paul again. It says, In a reason in the synagogue, every Sabbath, and persuaded both Jews and Greeks, verse 5. It says, When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul compared with and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the central message. In Paul's writings, you see, through him, through Jesus Christ, in him, by him, see? And when we align our doctrine with the doctrine of the New Testament, we'll get the same results. This morning, we looked at Christ and him crucified, and I was so blessed by the message. Now, when I got to my office, normally I go, when I get, after a mess, I go out, I just pray and thank God. I couldn't talk. I was just quiet. Because it dawned on me, somehow, how sometimes my faith was in my works and not in Christ. Hallelujah. And I settled it in Christ alone. Hallelujah. You see, until you understand grace in the context of scripture, notice the use of words, not what I think about grace, but what the word of God says about grace, there are a lot of things you will not fully enjoy. See? And that's why we are looking at Christ and him crucified. First Corinthians 2. Let's begin from verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Next. He says, for I determined not to know anything among you. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. For instance, Jesus said, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? Through Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. Philippians four nineteen. Everything God does for us is through him. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? Through Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. Philippians four nineteen. In Hebrews 13 verse 20, the Bible tells us in the old King James, it says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, oh boy, we'll deal with that tomorrow. Resurrection. That great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. In every good work to do his will, walking in you that which we're placed in his sight. Through Jesus Christ. You know, I cannot become a better person without Jesus Christ. See, when he dawns on you, It changes everything. It puts an end to a lot of challenges. It answers a lot of questions. Why certain things have not been received? Why certain things have not been gotten? Because it comes through Jesus Christ. There are many things you want to receive, and you want to receive it through your works. It comes through Jesus Christ. For instance, in Romans 5 verse 1, the Bible says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. God is not angry with me. We have peace with God. By whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access. By whom? Through him, it says. We have access into grace. You see that? What is grace? Unmerited favor. When your life Begins to function this revelation. You have things. You can't explain how you got it. What do I mean? Somebody just did this thing for you. Did you know him? No. This must be God. Yes. Because your faith is in him. Not in you or who you know. In Romans 5.17. The Bible says. For if by one man. Look at this. If a man's offense death reign by one, much more day which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We reign by him. We reign through him. See, it's time to make Jesus the central theme of your life. You don't even pray in your name. You pray in his name. Hallelujah. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I was with you in fear, in weakness, in fear. Anymore trembling. He was scared. I have things you can't explain how you got it. What do I mean? Somebody just did this thing for you. Did you know him? No. This must be God, yes, because your faith is in him, not in you or who you know. In Romans 5:17, the Bible says, For if by one man, look at this, if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We reign by him. We reign through him. See, it's time to make Jesus the central theme of your life. You don't even pray in your name. You pray in his name. Hallelujah. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in fear, in weakness, in fear. And in day, he was scared. He said, but my speech and my preaching. When not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Next. Then your faith should not be or stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is to those who are perishing. It says it's foolishness to those who are perishing. Why are you talking about a dead savior? Because I want to answer the question, why did Jesus have to die? It says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. What is he saying about let's begin somewhere higher than that so that I can explain a few things. So I'm looking at why did Jesus have to die? It says, For the message of the cross is fruition to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the dunamis of God. And that means... The message of Christ releases power. Or the message of the cross releases power. Power to save, power to heal. Power to deliver, power to restore, power to create the message of the cross. Because when we're talking about the cross, we're talking about his death. Let's read on. For it is written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to anointing in the sign of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the speech of this world, of this age? Has not God made the foolish made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, a pleased God, watches, through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. A man says, oh, I want to change my ways. Believe in someone who died and rose again. What? I thought you told me to bring money. No, the price has been paid. Oh, my sins are not too much. The price has been paid. My sin is very much. The price has been paid. I am very poor. The price has been paid. I am very rich. The price has been paid. Leveling ground. For the Jews require a sign. They want a miracle. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. They want a philosopher. But we preach Christ crucified. Because for the Jewish man, come on now, the Messiah should not be killed. We are waiting for a miraculous Messiah who who, who cannot be killed. But he died. The Jews is want a man that can really talk. If we're going to talk, we're going to talk about his death. Come on, quote. It's not about quotes. You know, let me say this. It is easy to pursue knowledge of the Bible and not pursue Christ. It's a thin line. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block. To the Greeks foolishness. What are you talking about? You mean. I'm looking for. A strong savior. And you're talking to me about the man who died and rose again. Why did you let them kill him? That's what we're talking about. Verse 24. But those who are called, both of those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is a power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is a power of God. Really? Yeah. Because the gospel of Christ is a power of God unto salvation. For the Jew first and for the Gentile. It says Christ is the wisdom of God. And the power of God. So you got to have insight. You got to understand why he died. Then you, you get a hold of the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. John 10, 17 to 18. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Jesus was not a martyr. He offered his life. He says... Therefore, my father loves me because I laid down my life and I may take it again. You all know when he came to arrest him, when he said, I am he, the all fell under the bar. He didn't run, he offered himself. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Verse 18. No one takes it from me. You see that he you know, in a natural mind, oh, they killed him. He offered his life. it says no one takes it from me but i lay down of myself i have power to lay down i have power to do what to take it again this commandment i received from my father so why did jesus die number one his death was an act of love Jesus died because God loves you. If you ever doubt in your life whether God loves you, remember that Jesus died for you. John 3.16 The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why did he give his son? Because he loved us. You see that? He loved us. In verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His death was an act of love. In Romans 5, reading from verse 7, It says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone even dare to die. Next, verse 8. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Which means, his death was a demonstration of the unconditional love of God. His death was a demonstration. Of the unconditional love of God. Oh, I don't think God loved me. No, he died for the ungodly. So are you ungodly? Yes, he died for you. That means God loves you. Does God love me? I've done something wrong. Yes, he loves you. Really? Yes, because he died for the ungodly. Are you ungodly? Yes, that means God loves you. So in your life, if you ever wonder, does God love me? Does God still love me? Look at the cross. Are you following me? All right. We will look at something else in Galatians 2 verse 20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. See that? He had not I, but Christ lived in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, and what? And gave himself for me. If you ever doubt whether God loves you, let the cross be a reminder. God can never stop loving you. You say, Really? Because if you sinned, you are a sinner. And God loves you. God hates sin, but God loves the sinner. That's why he sent his son to die for your sins. And we'll come to that later. Because he hates sin. But he loves the sinner. Apostle, I'm a sinner. I'm a very, very terrible sinner. That's why he loves you. Because you are a sinner. It came to die for sinners. It says, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because we are good people, he died because we were sinners. Verse 9. Look at this. Much more than having not been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'll come to that later. So he shed his blood because he loves you. Say, God loves me. Yeah. Look at John 15, verse 12. John 15, verse 12. Are you learning anything today? All right, listen to this. It says, this is my command. I love one another as so I've loved you. Next. It says, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And it says, I lay down my life. So the death of Jesus Christ is an eternal reminder of the unconditional love of God the death of Jesus Christ is an eternal reminder of the unconditional love of God 1 John 4 verse 9 in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only son into the world that we might live through him in this is love, not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be perpetrated for our sins you see that? So God sent his son to be the covering. See, the payment for our sins because he loves us. And until you know that God loves you, you'll be full of fear. Whenever there's danger, fear will grip your heart. Because your faith is not in the love of God. Because perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4 verse 18. Number two. Why did Jesus die? Because he came to pay the full price for our sins. Jesus died to pay the full price for our sins. So his debt was a payment. Are you all there? His debt was a payment. In Genesis 2 verse 17, God had told Adam, the day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he says, you shall surely die. And Adam ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In Ezekiel 18, 3 to 4, the Bible lets us know, 3 to 4, Ezekiel 18. As I live, says the Lord God, shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Next, it says, "Behold, all souls are mine; the soul of the father as well as the son, the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die." So, everyone in the world, because of sin, carried a death sentence upon him. It was a debt we all owed. Are you following me? It's a debt we all owed. So God needed a ransom. In Psalm 49, verse 6, we read it yesterday. It says, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, next. It says, none of them can buy any means his brother, none can give to God a ransom for him. Next. For the redemption of their soul is costly, and it shall cease forever. Okay, James was precious. What is the price we can pay? What is the price? God needed sinless blood. And he couldn't find any. So God had to become flesh. So Acts 20 verse 28 says, We were purchased with his own blood. The blood was the price. See? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Is death. So if if, if we're going to pay for sins, then there must be death. Are you following me? He has paid for your sin. Let's look at Job 33. And I want us to look at a few verses here. That will bless your heart. Let's begin from verse 22. Yes, his soul draws near the pit. That's a grave. His life executioners. If there's a messenger for him, a mediator one among a thousand to show man his uprightness. Then he's gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pits, that's death. What did he say? I have found a ransom. So Jesus Christ is a ransom for your soul. Are you following me? He is a ransom for my soul. Look at verse 25. His flesh shall be young like a child's and he shall return to the days of his youth. Why? Because God has found a ransom. You shouldn't have skin disease. His flesh shall be young like a child. By redemption, you are entitled to a clean skin. We say, number one, his debt was an act of love. Number two, his debt was the full payment for our sins. By his debt, he paid for all sins. And the more you understand this, the more you value Jesus. Let's look at something and we'll run to a few verses. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 to 6. For there's one God and one mediator. Knows if you could find a messenger, a mediator, one among a thousand, to rain down to man his righteousness. And he would deliver him from the pit. Say, "I have found the ransom. Jesus was the ransom. See, for God to love the word that he gives the the body and Son, that who believes believe should not perish. See? Will not go to the pits. Therefore there is one mediator between God and man. It says the man cried Jesus. Who gave himself which was an act of love. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. In Mac 10 verse 45 For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, served, but to serve, and to give his life, what? A ransom. A ransom is a redemption price. See, his debt was the full payment for our sins. In Romans 4.25, the Bible says, it was delivered up for our offenses. So when he died, he fully paid for your sins, my sins, and every sin. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 9.22, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Which means, in the sight of God, every sin... That you sinned is washed away. So he said, Father, I am sorry. It doesn't exist. We learned that in the morning. Can you remember? It washes it away as though it never happened. A man of God said, God told him, Grace is his overwhelming desire to treat man as though sin never happened. Grace is God's overwhelming desire to treat man. As though sin never happened. So is that. Was the full payment. For our sins. Let's look at Romans 3. Then we'll come to Hebrews 9. And um, I want us to read something here. In verse. 24. I could have said it higher but i don't want to because i'll come to that later verse 24 being justified freely by his grace they will justified; this to be declared righteous being justified freely by his grace through the redemption we'll come to redemption it is in christ jesus whom god set forth was watch this as a propitiation a covering by his blood through faith